is A to Z with Mark Zinno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I ask, isn't it obvious? Welcome in. We are live here on this Friday, wrapping up another week. Great to be back in the saddle with you guys, as I was yesterday after the vacation, but it's so good to be back with you guys. Give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On ATL. Of course, I'm at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Coming up later on the show, I have more fixing of college football to do. I gave you guys a great plan yesterday, and I wanted to tweak that plan a little more today because I think there's two more things that can go out there that I didn't bring up yesterday I think are, are worth repeating. And, of course, uh, there's a ranking out there in a list, and of course, you always have to be careful with lists, but it has the Falcons someplace that I don't think they are. We'll get to all that coming up on the show and more, but I want to start with Spencer Strider. Um, you know, it's funny because uh, in case you haven't been following me, um, I signed back with 92.9 The Game, and uh, I've been filling in this week uh, and all of next week on the show, and I brought up what I talked about yesterday uh on filling in on, on dukes and bell in the afternoon about how it, when you start to ask the question if the, if the playoffs were to start tomorrow who would be your top three in the rotation what does that outfield platoon look like all those questions i think are things you can start to ask because it's pretty bona fide right now that the braves are going to be a playoff team right it's pretty bona fide that they are a team that is going to be in the postseason so now that you can start feeling comfortable with that, you can start having a conversation about what the roster is going to look like and uh, how things may play out. Because winning back-to-back World Series is really tough, and the entity of the playoffs is different than the regular season. So when I ask that question about who are the top three starters, I'm talking about who are the three starters that are going to get you through uh, a, a divisional series, an LCS, and a World Series, and win you a title, which is really, really tough. And I, for one, said to me, it's you know yesterday I said on the show that it's Kyle Wright, it's Max Fried, and it's Spencer Strider. Those are the three that I would put in the rotation right now. Now, this could change again um, because a lot of guys' performances could change, injuries, things of that nature. There's a, there's a lot out there that obviously could change the whole scope of this, uh, this whole equation or this whole sort of conversation we're having right now. And when I said that to a couple of people, including our friend Grant McCauley, who does the Braves postcast right here on Lockdown Sports Atlanta, you can hear it every night. You know, everybody picked Charlie Morton and left Spencer Strider out. And I'm like, what? Why? Like, what What are you watching? And those people are living with the Charlie Morton of last year. They are living with a Charlie Morton that was good for them last year. And I don't deny that Morton has been better since the beginning of June than he was in the previous first, what, eight weeks of the season through April and May. There's no doubt about that. He's pitched better, and he looks a lot better, and he looks like the Charlie Morton last year that was a key part of this team winning World Series. However, Kalma, um, I don't know. I I just I don't like the stuff. I, I really don't. I mean, you know, again, this is a guy that that had an ERA of seven in April. It was 4.6 in May. And then over the course of the last two months, it's been 3.5. And, of course, he didn't give up any runs in his last start against the Reds. So, you know, he's got a manageable 3.4 ERA, and his last six starts have looked really good. 
I'm still picking Spencer Strider. And wasn't last night evidence of that? Did you see him mow down that Cardinals lineup? Did you see him and this stuff that he has and how electric it is and how much better he is than the hitters that he's facing? All of that stuff to me is so critical. It's so crucial as to why you pick a certain guy to start. And, and there is one other factor that people have thrown back at me about experience. And while I understand that's important, I think there's something that trumps experience. I'll tell you what that is in a second. First, a good word from our friends at Bet Online. Of course, betonline.net, your number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. You guys know how much I'm into gambling, but you can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news all right there on betonline.net. BetOnline, your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And betonline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcast news, and everything this season. BetOnline.net, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Of course, Major League Baseball season. Last night, of course, we had Spencer Strider over six and a half Ks. Didn't even have to sweat that one out. He had six Ks for the first two innings. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online where the game starts. Where it starts for me with Spencer Strider is his stuff. And people can talk about um, experience and postseason experience and all that. When you have his stuff, you don't need postseason experience. You don't. I, I, I just... You don't get postseason experience until you get it, and he's never had the opportunity. What's the reason to think that he's going to fail in the postseason any more than you think that Charlie Morton is going to succeed this year in the postseason? I don't get the equation. Like It, it doesn't add up for me. I want the guy with electric stuff. I want the guy who has got that kind of filthiness out on the mound. I'm going to roll with that more than Charlie Morton. Crafty stuff, fine. You know, you know, wily veteran who knows how to work counts work fine, but you're never going to be in a situation with Charlie Morton where um, you're facing a playoff team, and he has to make two starts in a series, or you're facing a competent playoff team where start in and start out in the postseason that you are going to get seven innings of no runs. That's just not. Go look at Charlie Morton's postseason career. That's not who he is. He's effective. He's good. Um, but he ain't that. He ain't what I saw from Strider last night. I don't think there's any reason at this point in time to not believe that Spencer Strider will be one of the top three pitchers in this rotation come the end of September heading into the postseason. And I advocated, I am one who fully advocated, go out and get more pitching, go out and get more pitching. Yes, I believe you need more pitching. But if, if you want to sell me on Strider not being one of the top three guys, you better go get another top flight starter. One that's more proven and better than Charlie Morton. And this isn't a knock on Morton. It's not because I don't believe that he's a good starter. I don't believe that he would be adequate in the playoffs. But I think he'd be adequate. That's about it. I don't think he'd be excellent. And what I saw last night for Strider was excellent. And that's something that you can't put in the postseason on anybody or anywhere else. That stuff only he has. And there's only a few guys in baseball who have that kind of stuff. I mean, he is just literally overpowering hitters on a routine basis. Mustache or not, Spencer Strider is my guy, and I'm going to ride it the rest of the year. No, oh, by the way, speaking of betonline.net, if you'd like a free tip, go find Spencer Strider's Rookie of the Year odds. Bet it now. 
you probably won't be sorry. All right, coming up next, uh, more fixing of college football and how a four-super conference system is where we're headed. But the SEC could be losing teams if it goes the way I think. That's coming up next right here on A to Z on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Search Locked On Sports Atlanta. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Locked On Sports Atlanta. It is A to Z. I'm Mark Zeno. Thank you guys for joining me here on this Friday. Hope you're having a great week and getting ready for a beautiful weekend uh, here in Atlanta for the summer. And certainly appreciate you guys giving all the love to Locked On Sports Atlanta. We're over 2,000 subscribers on YouTube. We're growing very fast. And we certainly appreciate you guys being part of this journey with us. This has been so much fun and continue to, to like and share and, and follow all the content we have and all the shows here whether it's this one, A to Z, Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, ATL Day Ones with Jarvis Davis and Tanisha Batiste. You already mentioned the Braves postcast. Of course, we got Locked on Falcons and Locked on Hawks. Everything right here on Locked on Sports Atlanta. This segment of the show brought to you by our good friends at Truebill. And uh, I want to continue to work on solving college football because I genuinely think that there is a four superpower conference thing coming. There used to be the Power Five, now it'll be the Super Four. Uh, and the Big 12, I'm sorry, rather, the ACC, nope, try again, the SEC and the Big 10 are already on their way um, to being two of those conferences. Now, we talked yesterday, again, about the Big 12 trying to poach six members from the Pac-12 and what they want to do. Uh, and ultimately, I think it's best and fitting for all four of these conferences to have 16 teams, but it's not going to happen initially. Um, and for somebody who is against college football playoff expansion, I actually believe the four super conference format um, actually aids in expansion and makes it really easy. I think I said this yesterday, if I didn't, you know, it's, it. you get four conference winners, they get automatic bids. You get two wild cards from the super four and then two at large bids from whoever else wants to get their butt kicked by the one and the two seed. I mean, that, that, that's, you know, to me, that's the easiest format for expansion because when you do that 16 teams, guess what? You're going to play uh, eight teams one year and you're going to play seven tier uh, and you could have rotating things, whatever you want to do. But it's just, you know, I think that that's where where it ends up going. Um, and it makes a lot of sense, sort of balances out the schedule a little bit. And you don't have to worry about so much about non-conference games being a thing when you go down that road. Now, that said, I talked yesterday about what the Pac-12 can do to sort of save themselves. They have to save Oregon, Washington, and Utah. Uh, without them, you don't have a Pac-12 left. It's gone. It, it, it's just, it, it's not going to be anything that is viable. But if they can keep the three of them, I would ask the Big 12 back for Texas Tech and TCU. And as I said yesterday, again, grab Houston. That gives you three Texas schools, covers the entire state from east to west, and you have a massive presence in one of the biggest states for college football. That's your six from the west side of this, this conference here that's not the Big 12, so it would be, again, SEC, Big 10, Big 12, and then this connection of the Pac-12 and the ACC. From the ACC, you get Clemson, Florida State, Pittsburgh, Miami, UNC, and NC State. The only reason you want UNC and NC State is for the Charlotte market. And all of these decisions, by the way, are based off of television markets and, and market size, not necessarily the quality of the football program. Uh, and if they wanted to go to 14 teams, I'd have no problem with Oregon State following Oregon, even though they stink from a football standpoint. And if you wanted to take another team from the ACC, you're going to take Georgia Tech. Why? Because the Atlanta market. That's what you want. As Georgia Tech's not going to be good anytime soon, but Oregon going to Bobby Dodd to play Georgia Tech is still going to be a game that people are going to watch. Period. It just is. Because they're two notable programs, even if one is not good. So I think that that, that is one start and one way 
to go about doing this. And the thing is, the Big 12 has to act fast because I'm sorry, rather the Pac-12 and the ACC have to act fast because the Big 12 is going to gobble these schools up quickly. And what you don't want if you're the Pac-12 is pulling in the San Diego states of the world and, and the Boise states. And that's no disrespect to those schools, but they're just never going to be as competitive as the other three conferences. They, they never will be. And again, they'll probably be on the outside looking in on a routine basis. And especially if Oregon leaves. You know, if Oregon, Utah, and Washington leave right now, those are the biggest programs there. But there is one other thing they could do that would totally, I wouldn't want to say totally shift the balance of power. What it will do is at least let them know, let the world know how serious they are about remaining uh, in one of these four super conferences. But first, a a word from our friends at Trubo. Guys, are you still sharing your Netflix with your ex? Do you really need all those streaming services now that you're back in the office and the pandemic is over? Have you forgotten about your automatic renewals? I mean, all these things that we do, well, guess what? Truebill can take care of all this stuff. They help you get rid of all of those extra services that you don't need. Truebill is a new app and helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On an average, Truebill users save up to $720 a year. That is huge. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link all of your accounts to Truebill, and they will cancel your unwanted subscriptions with one tap. It's that simple. And your Truebill concierge is there whenever you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now to Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Could save you thousands in a year. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. All right, back to the Big 12 uh, and, and the Pac-12 for that matter. Here's an interesting thing that the Pac-12 really could do. Because while they're getting all these West Coast schools and while they're getting all these East Coast schools, if I was the Pac-12 commissioner, I'd pick up the phone and I would call two schools. And those schools would be Vanderbilt and Missouri. And ask them, why in the hell do you want to stay in the SEC? Do you really want to continue to be the two worst schools in the SEC? Do you really want to continue to have no shot to even make a bowl game and get six wins when Texas and Oklahoma get there? Because that's what they're headed for. They are headed for perennial three and four win seasons. They're just not going to get any better anytime soon. Why would they want to stay there? If they go to the Pac-12, sure, they'd have to face Oregon, Washington, and Utah but they'd also get the likes of some other lesser schools that they're more on par with, whether that's TCU, uh, UNC, uh, Pitt will fall back off there, you know, without Kenny Pickett and, and a lot of talent. They, you know, uh, NC State, those are much more, Oregon State if they're there, those are much more winnable games for programs like Missouri and Vanderbilt than the gauntlet they're going to have to go through now, right? I mean, what's the reason for them to face Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, okay, go ahead Go ahead and add in uh, either Texas or Oklahoma. You're buried every year. On top of that, Kentucky's really good. Uh, and whenever you're playing on the other side of the conference, whether it's Ole Miss, Alabama, Arkansas, LSU, you know, why? Uh, if you could poach those two schools out of the SEC, think about what that would signal to everybody about how serious you are about being part of one of the four super conferences. And they also get Tennessee markets and middle sort of America markets in Missouri and Kansas City and, and or, or St. Louis, whatever they are. You're still grabbing those 
sort of top 25 markets that are there, um, but they aren't necessarily big football programs. I, that would be super interesting to me if they could pull it off. Now, Missouri and Vanderbilt obviously cash a ton of checks from the SEC being in the college football playoff every year because these conferences all collaborate and they get money. And it makes sense why they do. Um, and that's tough for them to leave. But if they're being selfish about it and see what the SEC is doing, they have no shot to win there ever. They just don't. But how much of that, how much of a signal would that be to the rest of college football that this is a serious thing? That the Pac 12 uh, and the, even the ACC, if they don't want to join forces with the Pac 12, go grab Vanderbilt, Missouri. Have that, tell them play Duke, play Boston College, play Syracuse. You'll have a blast and you'll go to bowl games. Really? I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> I don't know if anybody ever thought of trying to poach the SEC, but it's interesting. All right, coming up next, there is a list out there that is just, well, factually not accurate about the Atlanta Falcons. I'll tell you that next right here on ADZ on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast search, Locked On Sports Atlanta. Stay with me. Be right back. Welcome back to ADZ here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast search, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This segment brought to you by our good friends at Coffee AM. Before we get to this list that has me bothered, uh, which is Shovel of Wisdom worthy, I'm going to hand out a different Shovel of Wisdom right now. Brace yourselves, because it's time for the Shovel of Wisdom. Yeah, it's time to hand out a Shovel of Wisdom for somebody who said or did something very, very stupid. Uh, And today, my shovel goes to Elizabeth Warren, Senator Elizabeth Warren. And subsequently, uh, many people who responded to uh, what I put on Twitter. Uh, okay, so if you if you haven't, you know, kept up with what's uh, going on there in the world these days, um, it was one of those things where Senator Warren tweeted out um, about consumers having to buy new chargers all the time for their different devices on their phones. Uh, she says we can clear things up with uniform standards for less expense, less hassle, and less waste. And this was a USA Today article that's titled Lawmakers Push for Universal Charges for Smartphones and Mobile Devices. And this came from Senator Elizabeth Warren yesterday. And I quoted it and said, how, how are we actually wasting time with this in Congress right now? Like, you got to be kidding me. And many of the people responded to me, you know, Congress can do more than one thing at a time. Yeah, um, this isn't about Congress doing more than one thing at a time. I'm well aware that Congress do more than one thing at a time. Um, what I'm not happy with is the things that they're choosing to do more of one thing at a time between inflation, cost of goods, supply chain, uh, what else? I mean, go through the list of things, gun control, everything that is troubling this country right now. How did my cell phone charger get anywhere near the top of the list that it's doing more than one thing at a time? How about you solve the gun crisis in this country first and then get gas prices back down and then, you know, make it so people can actually afford to buy a home and then, you know, worry about like, you know, basic American security, the border, uh, you know, things of that nature. Everything that is plaguing what is going on in the world. That isn't my cell phone charger. I worry about all those things. Do all those things first together at the same time and then 
worry about my cell phone charger. Like, how is this actually something that somehow got to the top of the list of things that need to be going on right now? Utterly, utterly mind-blowing. And so, yes, I give a shovel to Senator Warren for making this like a public thing. Because is it really a thing? I mean, I, I don't like having to get new charges anyway, but what do we all do? We all lose the damn things in a week anyway. How many blocks do you have around the house that don't have the charging cord with it? How many cords do you have around the house that don't you can't find a block for? How many different phones or devices do you get that all take different? Oh, ooh, freaky who? They all come with one now anyway. Give me a break. Cell phone charges, waste and saving. Yeah, because that's where I want to save money on my cell phone charger. Don't let me, you know, not pay $100 to fill up my tank of gas. And I don't have to worry about the $12 charger at CVS that I have to pay for. Not even $12 at CVS, for crying out loud. Give me a break, folks. Be smart. For once in your life, be smart. All right. Uh, before we get to the Falcons here, a word from our friends at Coffee AM. Folks, I have personally tried this company uh, and their coffee. It is outstanding. Coffee never tasted so good. Coffee AM is an Atlanta-based small-batch coffee roaster. Uh, and they make some of the finest coffees around. And I mean coffees from like all over the world. A huge selection. They're organic. They're fair trade, direct trade, expertly crafted blends, espressos, flavored coffees, gourmet teas, and a whole lot more. And they're roasted right here in your backyard. It's the freshest coffees you can get. Coffee AM's coffees are roasted and shipped the same day or close to it. And they only roast current crop specialty grade coffee. I mean, guys, it is so good. It's so tasty. I had a cup from Kenya. This morning, for crying out loud, I'm like, ooh, I went all Samuel L. Jackson in the uh, uh, in Pulp Fiction when he's like drinking Jimmy's coffee. He's like, damn, Jimmy. You know, I mean, that that's that's what Coffee AM does for you guys. So go to coffeeam.com slash backslash locked on. That's coffeeam.com slash locked on today. Take a full look at their menu of coffees, teas, and gift sets. That's coffeeam.com slash backslash locked on. Or use the coupon code locked on. To get 15% off your first order at checkout, Coffee Tees, Gift Sets, Coffee AM, the best small batch coffee roaster in America. All right, so CBS Sports HQ put out every roster ranked, and this is according to Cody Benjamin. And you know what? Cody could get a shovel of wisdom for this list because it's not a good list. And it's not a good list not because I disagree with it, just because at number 32, he has the Falcons as the worst roster in the league. and. I know the Falcons are going to be bad, and I know they're not expected to be good, and I know their roster isn't very good. But I'll say this much. Uh, I will say that based off the quarterback position alone, the Falcons cannot have the worst roster in the league. They just can't. Not when Daniel Jones is that quarterback. Not when Zach Wilson is quarterbacking right now. Not when uh, the Carolina Panthers don't know who their quarterback is. Um, I don't I don't pretend to laud Marcus Mariota's uh, prowess as a quarterback, quarterback by any stretch of the imagination, but what I do know is that he is more serviceable and more competent than several other starting quarterbacks in this league at this point. I mean, say what you want. Again, Marcus Mariota is better than Justin Fields at this point. He's better than Davis Mills at this point. Heck, I would argue he might be better than Trevor Lawrence at this point. What I saw from Lawrence last year, not all that impressive. Now, again, I understand that this list might not be the whole just based off the quarterback, and it's not. But comparatively speaking, 
do the Houston Texans out of Kyle Pitts? They drafted Drake London. Do they have an Arnold Epicady? Like, I, I, you know, I know these guys are unproven to a certain extent from a talent standpoint. They have to carry over what they were in college to what they are now. And uh, I don't know. I, I'm not even a homer. You guys know that because, you know, I, I just objectively think that the Falcons don't have as bad a roster as people want them to have. And, oh, by the way, they're going to go over their four and a half, or is it five and a half wins, or one or the other. I think they win six games, which still, when you look at it objectively, is a massive job given they lost Matt Ryan, who they won seven games with last year. They win six games this year, and I've said this before on the show. They win six games this year, then uh, that is a huge win for this entire organization. It's a huge win for Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot for putting this all together and being able to win six games with this roster. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not having them as the worst roster in the league right now. Um, so, Cody Benjamin, do what you want. I'd, I'd love to hear some more justification as to why. And most of it probably is based off the defense and the lack of a running back. Um, but still, there's there's some pieces there. All right, that'll do it for us here on this Friday. Uh, I'll be back in the saddle for a full week on Monday. Certainly appreciate you guys spending some time with me today. Make sure you follow all the shows here. Follow me on Twitter. At Mark Zeno again at Locked On ATL. You guys have a wonderful weekend. Don't take any crap, anybody. See you.